of the Stadium Journey podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight. Stadium Journey is the ultimate website for the traveling sports fan. Our website, stadiumjourney.com, contains over 2,500 stadium reviews, plus news items and more. In addition to the website, we are all over social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Like, follow, comment, and share. Cross the board, do it everywhere. The Stadium Journey podcast is now part of the new and improved HIAC Talk Radio Network. You can find all of HIAC's great content by just searching HIAC Talk Radio Network on your podcast search app or on Spotify. Just look for the shiny new red and black logo. And in addition, all of our old video podcasts are on the Stadium Journey YouTube channel. Perfect for a nice thing for And if you're looking for any of our audio-only episodes in our back catalog, they can still be found at DOCNation.com. And if you're watching this podcast at a later date and you want to watch the show live, the Stadium Journey podcast streams live Tuesday nights at 8 at twitch.tv slash danlaw83. Welcome to everyone who is there right now. And here is our starting lineup. We've got Dave Cotney here. He can be followed online at ProFan9. Mark Viquez is on the social medias at Ballpark Hunter. Dan Calachico, the above average comedian, is here. You can follow him at DanLaw83. And I'm Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckmanRI. <laughs> and the RI stands for really interesting. The NBA playoffs are in full swing right now. So we thought, why not dedicate an episode to the NBA? We haven't talked about hoops in a long time. So here we are. NBA action. It's fantastic. You guys are all too young to remember this wonderful tagline, aren't you? Nope. Not too young. I remember that. No, I, th- I remember that too. Well, listen, you I, have like, you I have on have NBC like with Ahmad Rashad. Yeah, Diane Cannon would be on it. NBA action. It's fantastic. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. You're, you're probably better off, man. Diane Cannon. No, her. No, no idea. Bob Ted. Carolyn Ellis. <laughs> Go way okay. back there. I'm, 30, um, I'm 37. <laughs> great movie. Look it up. Nally Wood. Her last great role. Okay. Now you're, t- now you're talking my language here. All right. Nally Wood. Rest in peace. For those of you keeping track at home, number one. Yes, I'm the I'm the only show where I'm the youngest. Hi, how about that? <laughs> All right, so uh, you know, on this podcast, we've talked quite a bit about college basketball arenas, college basketball venues, but not a whole lot about NBA places. So, why is it? I'm going to put this question out to the to the panel. Why is it that we love our college basketball venues, but not our NBA gym? There's more of them. <laughs> All right, show's over. See you later, guys. There you go. Bye. No, it's more than that. Uh, you know, as I think as travelers, I'm, your number has something to do with it. But as travelers, um, one of the things I think we look for is variety. And we're looking for different experiences and different structures and what's different about this place versus that place. And, you know, let's face it, the NBA arenas are, are becoming more and more homogeneous. They're looking more and more alike and sounding alike. And, um, you know, they all have the same sort of amenities until you get something like a, a Little Caesars and then it raises the bar. And then all of a sudden others follow suit. And, you know, you don't have that longevity. You know, you got you got MSG and then you got a lot of like new stuff. I mean, I. I I couldn't tell you what the second oldest NBA arena is. 
Target oh. center, maybe? Maybe. That's a, that's a good question. That is a really good question. Does anybody know? Tell us. It second, was Golden State. Second yep. oldest NBA They're the newest arena. now. It was, right. Now they're the newest. It's not the Bradley Center anymore. So people NBA's know. arenas, a lot of them uh, seem to be car- carbon copies of each other. Basketball, re- uh, college basketballs are more unique and varied. Yeah, Mark just said that. I was just typing it. Oh, wait, that's Dave. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> so all right so uh yeah it is target center that's the second really yeah but at when what year 1990 oh. uh utah jazz 91 25 years gap phoenix Both. suns 92 and then cleveland Cavs, rocket mortgage Fieldhouse 94 wow. all four of those have had huge massive yes. renovations in the last many. like five years many yeah i mean all of, yeah you have to you have to have if you if you build a gym in an arena in nineteen ninety. I have never seen a Wolves game there, but I have seen a Lynx game there, and I have been to a lot of NBA gyms and my uh, arenas in my life. Most of them are, are gone. Uh, I can tell you why that I I haven't gone to a lot. I'm just not a huge NBA fan. Basketball was never my favorite sport growing up. That's with the Vancouver's Grizzlies and Sonics yes. jerseys. Well, and here's here's another thing. I. I I've been to two Vancouver Grizzly games, a Sonics game back about 20 years ago now. That's they all awesome. moved. They all moved. Uh, I'm afraid to go to a game. Every place uh, I go, the, the team having moves. Having Mark Cooper. Or... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I better go back to Minnesota. Maybe they A-Rod will take him to Seattle. I'm not a big Green. fan of Alf. I just have all the seasons on DVD and the uh, well, doll behind me. You, you weren't here. I bought this for five bucks, the Sonics jersey. <laughs> at TJ Maxx in Vancouver, they were going – $18 Canadian back in the day. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I thought it was a cool looking jersey. So uh, yeah, it is. So, uh, yeah. Now so kids who's are gonna be the one to, who's gonna be the one to tell Mark that he's pointing the wrong way. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's Sonics <laughs> Vancouver. <laughs> I can tell you this. If, if it wasn't for Stadium Journey, I don't think I would go to a lot of college venues like I have, but being I'm in Indianapolis in the center of some of the some of the premier ones in the country even in Ohio and Illinois and down in Kentucky, it's, it's hard not to be curious and go to these places. Uh, it's a much different atmosphere at a college basketball game than at an NBA one. I would love to go to more NBA venues. I mean, especially a lot of them have been renovated. Uh, I'm sure they have a lot more to offer than I could ever imagine, but it's just, uh, it's just that, not my wheelhouse, but uh, maybe I'll make an effort, you know, who knows. I have a question. How much more would a basketball game change a venue's perception to you versus an NHL game? Because a lot of these, the crowd, most of the, okay. I was going to say, it's got to be atmospheric, right? The, 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 how the crowd reacts to the game, not just the game itself. Um, Cause you can have more people at an NBA game because the playing field is obviously smaller. Um, yes. But is it, What's the percentage? Is it like almost 100% arenas are used for both basketball and hockey? Not 100%, but like 90? I mean, a majority of them. I, I'm trying to think. You know, Brooklyn is just basketball now, but the Knicks, wow. Philly, Boston. Yeah, well. They all, <laughs> yeah. We, we know what it's like to see a hockey game at, in Brooklyn. It wasn't yeah. good. That's why they had to yeah. build a new one. Uh, you know, Indianapolis, that's made especially for hockey, uh, not hockey, excuse, for basketball. When they have the minor league hockey team played there in the past, it was nice to go for one game because they would pack it, but it was a terrible place to watch a game. Very similar 
to what Brooklyn had. So. Paul, real quick, I, I bet you I would love the Barclays Center if I wasn't going there to watch hockey games. Yeah, for a basketball game, I've heard fantastic, <laughs> yeah. fantastic things about it. Ugh. But yeah, hockey, not so much. But anyway, having gone to a bunch of places for both hockey and basketball, I can tell you the difference. And this was going to be my next question to the group, but damn it, I'm going to answer it. Um, what's different about an NBA game? It is sensory overload. The, the game down on the court is almost an afterthought. Um, at least, you know, I can talk from experience from going in Boston and Washington and Philly. Well, that's because Celtics and, games and, are in LA, too. No, they're not. <laughs> I'm they're kidding. Actually, they're actually not. Um, maybe the product on the court this year. But anyway, <laughs> uh, there is just so much coming at you. And I, I actually went to one of my games, recent one of game recently, with someone who's not a basketball fan at all. Brought, uh, you know, Pam and I brought a friend and, and his wife, and she doesn't know step one about sports and she just said man i have ADHD after being at this game because there's so much there's noise and there's the the scoreboard and there's sound effects there's cheerleaders and there's mascots throwing stuff at you and you you all become me when you go to a basketball game there is just you you can you can spend your whole day if if the court is here you can spend your whole day doing this and (laughs) entertain for two and a half hours yeah, it is. It is a, a totally different experience. Um, I mean, I'm. I, I guess I'm kind of like Mark. I'm not a huge NBA fan. Uh, like, it's probably my last choice to watch on television. Um, but I would say that when I go, uh, in that small sort of microcosm, you know, that that three hour window. Actually, you know, if you're if you're at a basketball game for three hours, you're in like, you know, double overtime or whatever. Um, so that that two and a half hours, it's you know I I have a great time in that in that two and a half hours. One of the things I would say though, like different wise, and, and Daniel, you were talking about hockey versus is versus basketball. Um, to me, some of the most interesting hockey places do not share a basketball team. So uh, Vegas, no basketball team there. You know, very very unique situation there, unique game day experience. Uh, uh, Tampa. Well, I guess there was a basketball team there this year, but under normal circumstances, no basketball team. So, you know, my my experience in hockey is is those places that are that have like original kind of things that that make it stand out. Um, uh, Nashville, you know, they don't have they don't have basketball teams there. You know, the one the one and funny enough, my favorite hockey place of all time also has a basketball team uh and i love the hockey experience and i really didn't care for the basketball team and that was chicago the hockey experience was amazing the crowd was crazy and chicago the and and for the bulls it it was flat it was just yeah. it was just kind of blah it was actually one of my least favorite nba experiences yeah i concur with that and even the ushers will tell you that the blackhawks uh, draw them in now if we went back 25 years ago a little over 20 years ago that might be a little bit different but uh, yeah, definitely the Blackhawks really are the model franchise, maybe uh, of that that city in some regards. Uh, especially when they were winning Stanley Cups back left and right, really brought a lot of excitement back there. Uh, but I remember growing up as a kid, we had the New Jersey Nets. Now they're the Brooklyn Nets, and they're going to probably be playing for the Eastern Conference Championship in a few days. And they used to give those tickets away for free. You'd go to Herman's Sporting Goods, and there'd be a guy with a block of tickets you know, 
giving them away. And, and the only group, they only sold out if the Lakers were in town, Detroit, maybe at Philly with uh, Iverson or, or the Knicks. So to me, uh, you know, going to a doubles game uh, at the Meadowlands was a little more of excitement, but the arena itself wasn't anything spectacular because it was just so massive. It sat almost, sat about 20,000 for basketball, which is insane to, to think. It could work in some cities, but. Question you know, from the floor that I can actually answer, Greg asks, do the, do the Aces play in the NHL Vegas arena? They don't. They play whatever the arena is called that's attached to the Mandalay Bay. Is it the Orleans? They play at the Orleans arena? I thought they played in the Orleans arena. Mandalay Bay Events Center. So that's where the know. Wranglers used to play. from the East Yeah, East I think Orleans. Uh, Mandalay Bay Events Center, which is in paradise. Yeah, I think it's – I think that's different because the – I okay. don't – I think the Orleans is a bit smaller. Well, now, uh, it's smaller the, now it's called the Michelob Ultra Arena. So oh, yeah. I, I don't know. There's a lot of arenas out there. I don't know if they just changed their names, but there's a ton of them. And they're building a new one right now, I believe, for the, the hockey team, correct? The AHL team? No, they already play. No, that's, that's in Henderson. Henderson. No, they Henderson. play. They already play in the, the arenas open. Henderson already that's played. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Palm Springs <laughs> is building. Uh, building. Yes, building. Palm building. Springs is building a new one. Building. Okay, so uh, let's let's talk about the arenas a little bit. So between the panel, I think we have been to sixteen out of the thirty arenas. So a little over half. Uh, not enough to really do a comprehensive item by item rankings like we have in the past. But I can go over what Stadium Journey thought of the arenas in our la- our most recent rankings, which was done in 2019, by the way. Okay. So I don't think any of you would guess who came out on top of our 2019 Stadium Journey rankings for NBA all the arenas. NBA arenas. It's not Barclays? No. I could guess, but yeah, but guess. you cheated. We were talking about it before. <laughs> huh. Anybody, Greg, anyone listening? Anybody got a guess? What would be our top rated? Re- you're, you're all going to laugh when I tell you. So I'm just going to tell you because I don't oh, want to have any silence here. I know. Cleveland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cleveland came on top. So, uh, you know, we have directly uh, referred to reviews like that in the past as Homer reviews. And, I think and that I think- one was done in the playoffs when LeBron was still there. Okay, well, you know what? That would absolutely <laughs> boost your score a notch or two in different categories. Yeah. Whatever do you mean? Full house. I thought he was house. a bum. No, they still pack him in, right? They, they still sell it every uh, year. I don't know. I've only been there for an AHL hockey game, and it definitely was not packed. It is a really nice place. I was uh, there, but- I was there during the first LeBron era. Uh, and I distinctly remember they were playing the Raptors and <laughs> It was one of those buzzer-beating moments, and, and the play that they drew up was basically give the ball to LeBron and four guys stand around and watch and see what he does. So needless to say, the Raptors won. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I can't imagine that Cleveland, as nice of an arena as it is, would rank up near the top otherwise, but there it goes. They did renovate. Um, <laughs> also the top of New York at number two. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Especially yeah, well, like the you team said, was winning. I, I, you could, you could probably say half of these have been renovated within the last five years or so. Yeah. Uh, we got Madison Square Garden at number two. Solid pick. I've seen the Globetrotters there. I just have never seen the Knicks play there. <laughs> I've seen the Rangers play there. Yeah, I've seen the Rangers play there. And, and the Liberty. And I think I saw Arena Football. I saw the Circus a couple times. Now, funny, enough, the you, 
you mentioned that the Liberty used to play there. Do you know where the Liberty play now? Brooklyn. Yes. Yeah, they're back. Back in back in the city. Back in the New York roof. Yeah. Uh, number three was Toronto. That's a great review. Everybody should go out and read that one. Nah, delete it. Delete it from the site. <laughs> uh, four is Utah. Wow. Five was Miami. LeBron error. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. How long has it been? <laughs> I was there I during the LeBron era too. I saw I saw the Heat play. Everybody was giddy in my row because Lil Wayne was in the front row, and I was like, "Who the hell's Lil Wayne? Why do I care?" <laughs> but no, that was a good place. Uh, right on oh, the my. right on Viking Bay too. Like out of you know in Miami, they have uh, most of their their venues are really poorly located. Except for that one, that's that's really the spot, and, and I think the other the other teams wish they were closer yeah. to that area. Yeah, the Panthers are out in the suburbs somewhere, and yeah, way out. And Miami is a funny city, right? Like it's it's kind of it's Miami, and then all of these other little cities around it that we we as outsiders think of as Miami, but they're not all Miami, right? Like Sunrise isn't Miami, Fort Lauderdale is not Miami, you know, LA, Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's go. Let's go quickly through the list. Uh, we got Portland at number six, Atlanta at number seven. You know, I I really enjoyed Atlanta. Um, if they could get a crowd, a, a regular crowd, it would that place it could be, would it be, could be the start. This amazing. Start amazing. And and how many places can you see what city you're in right out? front in the pillars that's right if they just dropped you off in front of a an arena you looked it, up yeah oh i'm in atlanta yeah yeah the pillars the pillars in the front spell it atlanta right right behind the dominique wilkins statue now that's the side of the thing with with the loading dock though because i remember when i was in atlanta i looked for that sign and couldn't find it but i think i walked around three quarters of the arena and did well because right, it was close wall. it was really close to the georgia dome and the yes. georgia dome was a funny place because it was like there was this almost like a underground infrastructure. Like the Georgia dome was on this platform and then there was all of this stuff going on underneath. And the convention and it, center was referred mm -hmm. to. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Number eight was Orlando. Long lines. I, when we went to Orlando, I just remember long, long lines, but that's a, that's another one like, um, you know, like Brooklyn and in, in Indiana, it's, it's a basketball first design and and they do throw some hockey in but it's you know echl and it's not really the, like the arena is not really designed for that nine we have indiana I, Ten. indian is indiana is uh really the first one that i think of when it's like you know the basketball arena yeah. and it's this kind of you know it's a field house right it's not it's it's probably the most unique of the ones that I've been to um, outside of outside of Detroit, which is unique only in and of it being so new. Yeah, and that's going through renovations as we speak right now. So, uh, yeah, definitely when you walk in there, it's basketball, not just the Pacers, but the history of high school, professional, and collegiate basketball in there as well. Marvelous place to walk around just to get a little little history vibe. Uh, then we got rounding out the top 10. We have Sacramento. That's surprising. New arena too. 
yeah. newish. Yeah. Uh, let's see. At number eleven, San Antonio. Are they are they still playing in the uh, the dome? No, no, they're no, only they have they have us. their own spot. Well, it shows how current I am on this stuff. Yeah, geez, <laughs> we're, we're terrible. Send us the hate mail. Hey, at number twelve is the first one that I've actually been to, Philadelphia. Terrible. Nah. Yeah, it's it's all right. It's <laughs> that's okay. I like no, you it's know this. This yeah. is one again. We come back to this. You know, Paul, you and I will disagree. I kind of like that they're all there and easy to get to and easy to get out of. And uh, yeah, you know, not easy to get out of, man. You sit in that parking lot for hours. Easy to get, to get out of. I I haven't had a problem getting out of there. He Maybe left I'm early. just lucky. <laughs> Murray Goldberg. <laughs> uh, I think 30. my my brain was broken. Yeah, I have Again? never been able to get out of that place early. Uh, Constantly. <laughs> At number 13, we got Dallas. Been there for arena football. But... Looks nice on the outside, I can say that. But can I, let me just add to Philly being the Philly guy here. I just, we could complain about the spectrum until, you know, all day, but like there's no real, the old tire cliche that we talk about almost every week, how it's just cookie cutter and, Bland and I've Wells Fargo Center's fine. Yeah, I mean they, they all came out around like '94 to '96. Right, so a lot of those right. arenas look alike. When you like. have like like it's Madison Square Garden, I've gone on record saying that it's impressive. And then you get inside, you're like, it's an arena, right, but it looks right. different, right? Spectrum looked different. Cap Center looked different. <laughs> all these buildings looked different. Maple Leaf Gardens looked different. And it just looks like an office building in it with a dome in the center. And it's just, you can go inside. And, eh, I like the building. Don't get me wrong. The facilities compared to what we had 30 years ago, 10 years ago, are mind-numbingly insane. But still, it's like, it's fine. <laughs> it belongs where it is on the list. Oh, 12. You know, it's, it's in the upper, well, not third, but it's the middle third. Yeah. All right, so coming up, we did Dallas at 13, uh, 14. Oh, you know, you know what? It's funny. We're talking about all these kind of looking the same, but the arenas that have come out more recently don't, they, they kind of suffer on our list here. Uh, yeah, well, that may be because of price. I was gonna be. say the first one that comes to mind is uh, Little Caesars Arena. Yeah, so and, uh, and it, it looks different, they, they've gone back to building the, the outside differently, but inside. You know, you have a city that just came off of tremendously troubling times and nobody can afford to go there. And that will, yes, that fairly brings the rating downs on any review, right? Because nobody's going to Detroit Red Wings games. Nobody's going to Pistons games. Yeah, and and the Pistons, out of the, you know, out of the dollars, sports dollars, I think the Pistons have probably suffered the most and fallen off the most. and, and you could ask the question, you know, how much of the Piston fan base was out in the suburbs? You know, because they, they probably made the biggest move out of anybody moving from Auburn Hills yeah. downtown. So did that ostracize people who lived out in the yeah. suburbs who were used to there? And, and actually, my favorite place, my favorite NBA place was the Palace at Auburn Hills. I love that place. The Malice was, at the Palace, baby. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you're it, it, right. The fan support there was unreal. It's called the uh, Palace, was, man. How awesome is yeah, that? It was it was great. It was yeah. great. And I was, we'll I was kind of sad when they. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
We'll get into some old places too. Oh, we'll talk about. Okay, good. Yeah, Yeah. I definitely want to talk about the Palace, but we'll say that. All right, yeah, we'll go. We'll go real quick through this, or as quick as we can. Uh, Oklahoma City at fourteen, and all right, here we go. Brand new arena, fifteen, Milwaukee. That's surprising because that's nice. As I was talking about it, I was like, that one really looks unique from the outside. Yeah, it's the wood. It's it's totally different, and uh, and I I really I I went to two games. In one day there, I went to Marquette, and then I went to a Bucks game, and we had uh, we had a great time. I I really enjoyed that place a lot. I love Milwaukee; very underrated city. Definitely. And you know, and the the arena is not far from the Bronze Ponds, so you get it's got that going yeah. for it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, number sixteen, Boston. Uh, Homer review, right? Yeah. <laughs> Seventeen, Chicago. 18, Man. Denver. 19, another new one, Golden State. That's got to be price and getting 19, there. yeah. Well, yeah, you know, like, like they're saying, it's a perfect point. If it's too expensive, as far as our rating system goes, that deflates return on investment. If people can't afford it and can't go, that affects fans, that affects mm-hmm. atmosphere. So yeah. overpricing your tickets and your parking and your concessions can deflate a score in many different ways. So if only the upper class are going to your games who don't give a damn about the actual event to begin with. That's there's no atmosphere, there's no personality. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, they scored, yes. <laughs> hip hip. Hip hip, <laughs> hip hip cheerio, yes. Hey, here's a surprising one at number 20, the Lakers. Really? Staples I, Center? Maybe. I I did not, I mean the I often see the media guys talk about how special the Lakers game is, and this, I, I didn't feel it. Yeah. I don't know. And My it, Lakers game got canceled, so I don't know. Yeah. Gee. Well, yeah. It, it, I was thankful, like, when we went to the Lakers, it was the year before Lonzo Ball was there, so they were terrible. Um, so, therefore, it was easy to get tickets. <laughs> and, and they didn't cost, you know, they might have cost one mortgage payment, but not yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Rounding out the bottom 10 here. 21 is Houston. 22, Detroit. Yeah, the fan score has probably fallen way off on that one because the crowds have been pretty sparse. 23, Brooklyn. Wow. I think somebody wow. went to a hockey game and thought it was basketball. I don't know. Because <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard all good things about Barclays Center. It was built specifically for basketball. I think you should erase the hockey review for that arena since it's null and void at this point. <laughs> Take uh, that out of there. Well, you can find the old ones on the defunct page at stadiumjourney.com. Yes. Uh, 24. I think this one is my review, New Orleans. Uh, yeah, nothing special about that one, but hey, great location. 25, the Clippers. That one is my review. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> so, wait. It got two reviews and one was lower than the. Oh, the Staples Center, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, those I are, mean, di- but those are different experiences. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, look at big, look at Jets, difference. look at the Jets and Giants games. Uh, that's the same thing on our football one. Yeah, much different reviews. All right, so yeah, we'll see what happens in LA for football this year with two teams sharing one facility. All right, let's see. Out of five, twenty-six, Phoenix. 27, Minnesota, 28, Washington, can confirm, yes, 
29 Memphis and bring up the rear Dave you'd be surprised by this one in Charlotte yeah I am surprised by that but I think it's probably has to do with you know they just lack of success and you're in you're in college basketball college basketball area right like are you gonna are you gonna spend your money on the Charlotte Hornets or are you gonna spend your money on going to see Duke or NC or NC State or whatever um but I probably the nicest people uh I've ever experienced that are working uh in in Charlotte at the Spectrum Center and Spectrum Center is is beautiful they do what they can to show off their history but you know there's not a ton of it and um I I would say that I am extremely surprised that Michael Jordan has not had the cachet to just have the the free agents flock towards him. It's that's probably been a big surprise. In fact, I was shocked to hear that Gordon Hayward was was going to the Hornets when he left Boston and not you know, not re-signing or going to Indiana. Okay, so that was our most recent rankings. Two years ago, things could change. Stay tuned. Next next year, we'll redo the, the list, and we'll see what happens. So uh, let's talk about some of our favorite NBA arenas that are no longer with us. And I'm sure, like, uh, Dan, I think you're the one who said those old ones seem to have more personality. They were less cookie-cutter. It's just, just the same rule that I, I applied to um, on an aesthetic, aesthetically, I mean. Because, you know... You, we talk about MSG and, and um, Baltimore arena and being in the arena was just, well, that's unfair to MSG. They're not wrong with MSG. I was just under, I was underwhelmed by it. Uh, Baltimore arena is a hellscape of an arena. This is terrible, but looking different. You, you start from the ground up. Again, go back to the spectrum. It might not have been the prettiest uh, girl in the in on the dance floor, but she looked different, you know. And then and and then as you as you look at you know, I still have pictures of driving by the complex when they were building. Uh, well, uh, what was it at the time? Core State Center, and it just looks like an office building going up. And it's just, every time I go there, I'm like, huh, I'm gonna. I don't have the same excitement as I did when I went in to see a Phantoms or Flyers game at the Spectrum or a Sixers game at the Spectrum versus a Sixers game at the Wells Fargo Center. It's just not the same. And it starts with walking into the shrine. You're going to church and the church is just an office building. The only exception to the rule is the Arco Arena. And I've explained to that before, like, that's awesome. An amazing piece of engineering where they took an industrial office building, blew the hell out of the inside of it, built an arena inside of it, and then when the actual Arco Arena was done, they tore it all apart and put another office building inside of it and moved them. That is the exception to the rule. But yeah, just aesthetically, start there. The old kind of scoreboards. At first, I was impressed with the Wells Fargo Center, that new huge movable big giant lcd hd but then it becomes overwhelming when you're looking at the game you're just like i no please stop i would like to i want to watch what's going on between the commercial breaks i don't want to see 
people in in the stands and what they're doing. I don't care about you. I want to watch what's going on there. Now, to our, but with basketball games, it's different because basketball games kind of like lacrosse, where it's a bombardment of your senses for about two hours. Totally understand. Back that up. Can we shrink the screens? We've talked just, about that on this show. Yes. It's the just screens are crazy big. They're, in some cases, they seem to be as big as the court itself. It's just different. Like uh, my friend went to, um, I think it was a Real Madrid game at, uh, this is not basketball, but just talk about screen size at uh, Texas State, whatever the hell they call Texas Stadium, the big one, the new one, Cowboy Stadium. Uh, AT&T. AT&T State. Thank you. And actually taking a picture of her being there compared with the screen. I first noticed that when WrestleMania was there, Jesus Christ, I there's stuff going on on the field, please. I, it just doesn't feel the same anymore. And, and maybe it's because I'm older, but you guys travel. Oh, wait, all the you're time. the youngest one here. But, but what I'm saying, well, yeah, I am. <laughs> but it, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to sound like old man yelling at cloud like you three, but I, <laughs> that I just threw it back at you. I'm kidding. Um, it's just, it starts with going outside and it's just, uh, the Capital One Arena again is another it just looks like a city block you know it doesn't look special yeah. it's boring to me it starts there then you work your way forward yeah. the food's overpriced 90% of the time the seats suck whether I'm 30 pounds lighter or not um, now to be fair to the Wells Fargo Center I have not been there uh, since a bunch of the renovations because stuff happened and COVID. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to, I got Genesis concert tickets sitting at the lower bowl and that'll be my first time sitting in the new seats. So I don't know. Or will That's you just, just be standing? No, no, we don't stand for Genesis anymore. Uh, Phil doesn't stand. I'm not standing. <laughs> so, so Mark, you've talked about closing down your share of NBA arenas. Any, yes. of, any of them stand out or are particularly memorable? Uh, I would definitely say the Palace in Auburn Hills was definitely memorable. I was there in 2001, and I was like, wow, this place is, is, is wonderful. I, I love the sight lines. I love the look. It was in the middle of a parking lot in the suburbs of Detroit, about 45 minutes, I, I think, outside of downtown Detroit, but back then, Nobody went to downtown Detroit. It's just so odd that 20 years later, people are going to downtown Detroit. It's become a, it's become a cool little spot now, which is great. I'm happy. I'm not saying uh, uh, I, I, any ill will towards the city. But I mean, the palace, you know, you look at it, it was built in 1988 and it's no longer around. I, th I think it's imploded. It tore it down? It's, I think it's torn down, even though it's, or it's permanently closed. It's not going to be used again for any kind of sporting event, but I guess back in the 1960s, they did a, a survey and they, somebody predicted that the population of Detroit was going to just balloon to gigantic sizes up there. So that's why they, <laughs> they, they built uh, the Silver Dome and they also, they wound up building the palace up there. But, you know, you, you also have to think about the palace of Auburn Hills. That was built privately for $90 million. It had 180 luxury suites, which was considered insane amount back in the day, but it was, it was done at the time when the Pistons were one of the best teams in the NBA, back-to-back -back championship for the bad boys, so they sold them out. And they also had them tiered. It wasn't as if you had the luxury suites all the way at the roof with a bird's-eye view. 
you had them uh, a little bit mid-court and that sort of uh, changed the way people built arenas. So, you know, when we talk about uh, revolutionary designs for stadiums, uh, you know, the, the palace is definitely one of them, but it's gone now because of uh, a movement to ship back to Detroit, which, you know, I understand that that was a good cause to bring the Pistons back. But, you know, if I was living 20 minutes outside of that area, I don't know if I want to travel downtown Detroit to see the Pistons now all of a sudden, you know, it, it's, you do have to look at your fan bases when it comes to things like that. I think they could have succeeded still playing up there, maybe renovate the, the arena. It's just too bad that one of my favorite spots for a game is no longer around. Tim Capper is watching us on YouTube. Awesome. And Tim Capper, the great Tim Capper is waiting. And what he, what, he, what he just said kind of surprised me. I did not expect this from Tim. Although, wait. Yes, I, yes, I would expect this from Tim. I, I take that back. I completely expect this. You'll understand. One of my favorite arenas, this is Tim Capper, is Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City. As charm on Oregon, you can access the arena from the actual boardwalk. That again, and being that I was talking about Philly, South Jersey arenas, that's another one where I have seen many, I, I've seen a lot of stuff at that arena and it doesn't matter what's happening. You just look around, you're like, my God, this place is, is amazing. It's different. It looks like you could access it from the, you don't even have to go outside. You can access it from the casino nearby. Yeah. Newsflash to those who ever watch WrestleMania four and five, where they call it or three, yeah, four and five, they call it the Trump Taj Mahal. It's not. It's boardwalk hall. It, Trump had nothing to do with that arena at all whatsoever. Um, but it's gorgeous. It, it looks different than anything else. It at, is, yeah. at, I always liked it personally. I always enjoyed uh, the for like a string of about twelve years. The WWE 2K video games was basically the arena they used for the wrestling matches where you would play the game. Was Boardwalk Hall because you had those three looped um, the arches. And all the sections at the top, of all the sections going around the sides. I was like, "Hey, that's Boardwalk Hall. Don't you can't fool me. Nothing looks like that. That's a gorgeous arena." And I've seen, I've seen sporting events there with like three people. <laughs> I've seen it with a full house when the right before the the Boardwalk Police won the thing. After the Boardwalk Police won, where there was nobody, and then a couple of Bears Titans game, uh, uh, Bears uh, uh, Devils games. There's nobody there, but. It doesn't matter because you walk around that place. That is a an experience when you first go there. Nice choice, Tim. Hey, what, what were you going to jump in with? I was just going to go back to um, to Auburn Hills for a minute, and and with the uh, with the the Pistons moving out to the suburbs. You know, first they played at Silverdome, then they built their own place at Auburn Hills. Uh, never underestimate the pissing contest between millionaires and billionaires, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Why, why, why did the Pistons end up in the suburbs? Uh, because Bill Davidson and Mike Illich couldn't get along. Really, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so, Pretty much. Uh, yeah, Davidson said, hell with it, I'm out of here. Went and played at the Silverdome. Um, one place I, I actually would have loved to see uh, um, the Pistons play at the Silverdome. Uh, one of the, I, I can't believe I didn't do this. I never, I never saw the Raptors play at the Rogers Center. Or it's Skydome. Skydome. I, I did. I, I was too snobby for that. I, I, my first Raptors game was actually at Maple Leaf Gardens. Um, 
And I looked nice. for that That'd specifically nice. because I didn't want to say, well, I don't want to go and see it in a dome. Um, I don't blame you. Know, you. Way later, though, you know, one of my favorite college basketball experiences is at Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask everybody what if uh, the trend back away from playing in these giant football stadiums, if, if that's a good thing, because we used to have a few teams that played Seattle in football was another stadiums. one. Seattle, San Antonio, uh, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. Now, Detroit, the problem with they, them is that they never I could find... Those on, on the wayside now. Yeah, they, they never could find their homes. You know, they were in the Cobo Arena, then the Silver Dome, then they had to go to Joe Lewis Arena because of a storm or something like that. Uh, I think they're in the Olympia Arena prior to when they first moved from Fort Wayne. Now, the Seattle thing was because of availability, was it not? Or were they doing that as a gimmick? I think... They, I don't know. I'm asking. I think that was sort of like, it's just, I remember what San Antonio, when they opened up the Alamo dome, they said, Hey, we got this new building. It's a dome. Let's have the Spurs play in it. Why not? It makes sense. I just think that was the thinking back then. Just like with Seattle, that was just the thinking that, that you had, let's just play in this arena that this dome stadium will convert it into an NBA arena. And then I think just the way we think now, like, why would you want to play there unless it's by emergency or you're expecting 70,000 at the game? This is, this is bothering me now that we're talking about it. Why aren't these arenas <laughs> being built with an outside facade that looks better? Why, why is it the general whitewashed? And I don't mean that as a race thing, the whitewashed, very clean industrial look and who the frig decided like how I edited that, who decided that that was, we should go this way. We, this is, this looks good. It's never appealed to, just Tim Capper bringing up boardwalk call made me angry about this. I'm like, you could just build a look at key arena. Look what they're doing with that, with the, um, with the, uh, and it, with the, Oh my God, the Kraken. And I assume, I assume the NBA is going to look to go there or somebody is going to look to go there. Oh, I know the little Caesar, same thing. Built it differently. Yeah. That, it that, looks amazing. It just looks different. Just a little different. Those were the art that those were the minds of the architects. At now, the I'm asking you guys, does that not change? You guys are more traveled than me. Does that not change your perception of a building walking in from the parking oh, lot? Sure. How it looks. Of course it does. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, listen to what, what, what Mark said earlier. Most of these arenas we're talking about were built around the same time in the 90s. Oh, God so, damn it. I love Ed Snyder, but God damn it so they that he allowed that. Well, and how many are built by the same, you know, HOK or whatever? Right. You know, you're yeah, talking about that's true. The same two or three, uh, two or three companies. I, I, I never got to see uh, a Sonics game like you did, Mark, but I did see a Seattle Storm game at the Key Arena and had a, a blast. That would have been a great spot for, for NBA uh, basketball, and they and they killed it in the in the WNBA uh, venue there. It was. It would have been nice and small and, and loud, and it would yeah. have been a, it would have had, been a ton of fun. And, and it felt like you're underneath a tent. Yep. Which uh, which that was renovated as well. The team had to play in the Tacoma Dome for a year, and they renovated the arena. And then what? Not even a little over ten years later. Yeah, we need a new arena or major renovations. We're out of here. But uh, yeah, it's funny to look at some of these. It's funny to think that at a time teams are playing in these sort of arenas, you know, even the Milwaukee Bucks up until 1988 were playing at uh, what is now, well, it was called the Mecca back then. Mm -hmm. Now the university of Wisconsin Panthers, Milwaukee arena has its long name, 
built 1950. I, I could not imagine what that would have been like in the mid '80s when they had some pretty solid teams. Not good, not good enough to beat the Celtics. What that or would have been when, like? Or when they 10, had seats, or when they were winning championships with, yeah. well, with Lou Alcindor, right? Like, wow, that was. I've been there. I've been there for um, for Milwaukee Panthers basketball actually, and it it's really it's really tight. It's really yeah. small. Yeah. It's a very um, small but, building, but, but I mean that place full would be <laughs> be amazing. And I love they brought back the old floor. Yes, yeah. they, they have. I don't think is that brought back full time or is that just brought back? I don't think so. Dan, I what's think up? they I think they brought it back for show and tell. Which is two awesome. things. Uh, one thing I, I I think we can wait to the end for, uh, but I want to put it in your head since you're the their showrunner. Uh, EP says the Alamo Dome was built to lure the NFL. The NBA was an afterthought. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, and Tim Kaffer. And I'm not going to ever ignore Tim Capper, gentlemen. Uh, which arena that doesn't exist anymore do you wish you'd seen an event at? Um, then he added, mine is Veterans Memorial College, uh, Veterans Memorial Auditorium, the barn in Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, wow. So this had a host at NBA. I probably would say Maple Leaf Gardens, even though it wasn't a historic home for NBA. But it yeah, was but a hell. Home. Was Are you kidding? First. It wasn't a historic spot for NBA. The first game was yes, played there. I was going to say it was no for the first game. <laughs> I would love to see a game there, even though I've been inside the building to see some some adult league hockey. <laughs> was it? Really? Yeah. It was 1946, the Huskies versus the Knicks. Yep. Well, wow, my mind is officially blown. The one year the Huskies – existed and basically the the maple leafs ran them out of town <laughs> <laughs> of course they just like yes you can have uh, uh tuesdays at 3 a.m yeah <laughs> i think by the way um kelly and i were talking about this recently i i think it hard pressed to to debate this i'm sure there is a, a debate or an argument about this but i think the nba might must might be the worst of the four major sports about keeping their teams <laughs> And moving teams in the early days, mm-hmm. holy j- basketball, and I mean professional well, ABA and yeah. NBA. Yeah. I think it's worse than the NFL. By I think it's a it's a small well, margin, well, the, the but I think there's a yeah. margin, man. Oh my god! Well, yeah, a lot of teams coming and going. Wow! Which you had, which you had a lot of Midwest regional. Yeah, back in the old barnstorming days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There's yeah. a lot of teams that will hop. Like it's not like uh, some teams will move from one city to the other. But in the NBA, you get the hop, 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 <laughs> and then the hop, hop, like Sacramento, hop, hop. Atlanta. Yeah, those are LA, the Lakers. Yeah, but you're you're looking at you're looking at way back. In, in, yeah. Oh sure, sure, it, sure. I know. I'm saying, moved. but that's what I meant in the history. I was like, God damn, this might be more. This might be a little more than baseball. Baseball's been around hundreds of years. At this well, point. I mean, but, the Pistons but, were founded way before the creation of the National Basketball League, which merged with the. Yeah, from the NBA. Yeah, NBA. They were yeah, founded yeah. way. They were founded as, I guess, like a work team. I guess the Zoliner Pistons were Fred Zoliner's way of recruiting men to play, to work and play for his uh, basketball team and factory. And don't and, and don't forget the NBA. Like as recently as the '80s was not showing their the finals live, 82? right? Like they were they were yeah. showing on tape CBS delay. on tape delay outside delay. of prime time, right? So. Yep. You know, well, yeah, you there's ever- some funny ones. Of course, the yeah. the I think the best moving story ever is the Clippers one, where where the dude uh, who owned the Buffalo Braves traded his entire franchise to the dude who owned the Celtics, and then the 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 new owner of the Buffalo Braves hightailed it to San Diego, 
uh, lasted a couple years, sold off to that uh, that Donald Sterling person, and the rest is unfortunate history, I guess. <laughs> no comment. All right. So, in the interest of not going for for a topic that we thought we wouldn't get a full hour of, we're in danger of going really long here. So, yeah, I one, final one final question. <laughs> uh, does anybody have an NBA bucket list that they would like to fulfill, even if it's even one item? <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> I would like to get. I like to get to Cleveland and actually review it. So I'm about four hours, four and a half hours away. Maybe I'll do that next uh, next season. Yeah, I want to see a Sixers Knicks game at MSG and try to revitalize my care for that building. I mean that yeah. legitimately. My 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 number one would probably be to see the to see the Knicks. Um, but then I think some of these ones where it's it's you know basketball only kind of thing, like uh, high on the uh, high on the list for me would be Portland um, That'd be fun. and maybe Portland, uh, Salt Lake City. Yeah, and, and Utah was the other one that I was thinking of. So those are like that's kind of my my bucket list. But you know, Portland, Salt Lake City are not easy for me to get to. Well, nowhere is easy for me to get to at the moment. I actually do have a bucket list <laughs> item, and uh, this is actually one that uh, our buddy Dre Ojeda also said. He he, uh, he messaged me earlier, and he said, and I could I've got to agree with him. I wish I had a time machine so I could go back to the '80s and see the Birds, Celtics, and Magic Lakers play each other again. That would have been your wheelhouse back then. Why didn't you go? I did. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. Well, la di da. That's when I used to go to NBA games, and I saw the I saw the Celtics and Lakers. I used right. to see uh, the Celtics and Sixers play. When I went to college in Baltimore, we'd go down to DC and we'd see Moses Malone play Larry Bird. So, Moses. Yeah. And we saw Jordan whenever Jordan would come to town. We'd go see him. So. That's when I used to go to basketball games pretty regularly. My, my last comment on the NBA, them. though, and this kind of boggles my mind, uh, NBA tickets for the areas that I would sit in, uh, generally speaking, I find are cheaper than hockey tickets. They are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And NHL's always been more. It's a little surprising. Less players to pay, I guess. Uh, probably. You know, and if you ask anybody who works in a bar – around an arena they will all say hockey fans spend more and tip better than their basketball counterparts hmm. just a thought so we'll wrap it up right there nba player nba fans are cheap yeah no that's not what i'm saying <laughs> so uh this is the part of the show where we will recap our visits over the last couple of weeks dave i know you've been all over the place uh yeah wasaga beach and uh, home and uh hey the they're hoping they're hoping that the cfl is going to start in uh in early august and they're hoping in ontario anyway for for 100 percent. they're just going to negotiate that now so i might get i might get a game in in, in 2021 right, fingers crossed <laughs> awesome awesome mark how about you i know you did a little bit of traveling yeah, I've been to uh, went to about five different ballparks uh, this past two weeks. Uh, we'll do the abbreviated version. Capco Park, which is in Mason, Ohio, right outside of Cincinnati. Went to the Big East Baseball Tournament. What is special about this place is that everything is free. Admission, tickets, and the food. Burgers, hot dogs, ice cream, pretzel bites. 
Walmart brand soda. It's all free. And wow. there was about 3,000 people there. They had inflatable rides for the kids. Perfect night for baseball. Place was packed. Uh, but it's, ran, it's run by the, uh, a Christian organization that is there to spread their message and at the same time bring the community in. So you may see collegiate basketball. I mean, I'm sorry, baseball. You may see Xavier baseball. You may see uh, 16 under, 12 under baseball. You may see a variety of events there. But it was definitely a very unique experience. I have to say, uh, if I could have given that higher than a five for return of investment, I would have given it because everything was free. That's a Jesus. lot of free hot dogs. And you can keep going back and forth. It's not as if they said, hey, don't come back. So if you want to eat eight hot dogs and drink five sodas, God bless you. <laughs> Literally. You could have done that. So. Pretty cool spot, and it's under my radar. It's been around since 2008. I didn't know about it until a couple of years ago, right right at the end of the 2019 season. And, of course, the pandemic came. The Reds actually used it as a, a second alternative spot, well, alternative spot for spring training this past year, no, last year. So, yeah, cool cool little spot. Uh, the, the review, I think, is coming up uh, in a few days. So check that out on Stadium Journey. Uh, second stadium was Globe Stadium in Lafayette, Indiana. That is uh, the new venue for the Lafayette Aviators, the Prospect League, 2,500 seat venue. Very cool, very sleek, modern, comfortable. They had they did a great job with the design there, grass seating. You were about uh, a foul, not even like a, a short run from second to first to a custard stand across the street. So it has some cool uh, anomalies to it. So uh, should be some good times in the future in Lafayette. Nice size building for the league. Uh, then I did a road trip. I went to Springfield, Illinois. Uh, went to do a couple venues we don't even have up yet. One of them is uh, Robin Roberts Stadium in Springfield, Illinois. That field traces its roots back to the 1920s and named after the Hall of Famer Robin Roberts, who went to high school there. I thought he played minor league baseball there, but he's a hometown hero. Uh, nice, nice venue. It's okay. It's, it's nothing exciting. Uh, one cool aspect is that before the first pitch, all the draft beers are a dollar. So get there before the first pitch to have dollar beers. And there's six varieties. They have a ribeye sandwich, which is amazing. And if you are lucky enough, some nights they uh, discount it to two bucks towards the end of the night. So, you know, I, I thought that was kind of neat. A little bit of a slow day that day. The owner actually came up and talked to me for about a half hour. Very rarely do I get to speak to the owner of a baseball club. So I appreciate that conversation on a Friday night. That really kind of got my mind a little more interested in the ballpark that night. Uh, next day, I went to Lloyd Hopkins Field, uh, which is in Alton, Illinois, right outside of uh, St. Louis. And this is a brand new ballpark for the Prospect League, Summer Collegian as well. Pretty much, I think a couple years ago, this was nothing more than an amateur high school field. And they spruced it up like Charlie Brown's tree to make it into some sort of Summer Collegian ballpark. <laughs> nothing spectacular, but home plate is about five feet away from the first uh, seats in the grandstand. So I thought that was kind of wild. They have their own beer. They have a video board and they have dugout party areas. So you can rent it out and hang up and watch the game. Uh, not my cup of tea. They probably should 
either build upon that or build a new stadium in the future if they're looking to, for some staying power. However, when you're in Alton, you got to go to Fast Eddie's because they are known for their chicken on a stick and, and steak on a, I'm sorry, sh uh, shrimp, peel and eat shrimp, steak kebabs, pork kebabs, burgers for really low prices, and ice cold beer. Place was packed and it was about 90 degrees outside that day. So Alton, Illinois, a funky little town right out of St. Louis. Last but not least was GCS Ballpark, Gateway Grizzlies Frontier League. Beautiful ballpark. They're known for their crazy uh, donut burger and Philly cheese nacho. Highly overrated donut burger, in my opinion. It, it's okay. It, it's not bad. It's just it's yeah, okay. Yeah. I'd rather have it on an actual bun. But the Philly cheesesteak nachos, Dan, you may have liked these. Cheesesteak, peppers, onions, cheese. He's Yeah, he's worth $8. It fills you up. You can share them with two oh. little kids. Very nice. Share? If you're with two little kids and you're a mom, you got five. You got. She's not seven. getting any either. Look at oh, me. I mean, I, yeah, I ate the whole thing. But oh, okay. It was, yeah, it was close. So, you know, it's a nice. I was expecting a bigger crowd. This is unless share's going to be there. There's no sharing happening. Yeah, no, this was a nice. It's a it's a beautiful ballpark. Uh, it's in the middle of nowhere, though. I mean, you can see the St. Louis Arch in, in the distance, but. It next is to an airport. Yeah, it's next to the airport. And if you make the wrong turn, you're in East St. Louis, which you don't want to be in. <laughs> so just make, make sure you go to the ballpark in Saw Jay, Illinois. Which yeah, Saw Jay's population is only like, what, a couple hundred? A couple hundred people. There's, yeah. I think it might be known as the, the ballpark built in the smallest town in the country. I yeah. Don't quote me on that. But I had a great night. It was a beautiful night, beautiful sunset. If you saw that picture on my Twitter account, Ballpark Hunter. Uh, I the fans are kind of into this game. They were really ticked off at the up towards the end because the Florence Yalls in their baby blue uniforms snuck across a couple runs across the plate, much to the demise of uh, the audience. So uh, five ballparks in the last two weeks. Pretty busy for me. Nice. Uh, I've actually did a little travel too the past couple of weeks. Uh, Memorial Day weekend. We decided, you know what? It's time. Let's take a real road trip. So we planned out four games in three days over Memorial Day weekend. And you know what? Mother Nature said, not yeah. so fast. For, here in the Northeast on Memorial Day weekend, we were raining the whole weekend with temperatures in the 40s. Good 25 degrees lower than normal for this time of year. But you know what? We had our tickets. We had our hotel rooms booked. So we soldiered on. And our first stop was York, Pennsylvania the york revolution at people's bank park i didn't expect much out of this park and i was very pleasantly surprised i really enjoyed this little ballpark known for the highest outfield wall in all of baseball the the arch nemesis the left field wall is eight inches taller than the green monster and the cool thing about it is it's got a little hand operated scoreboard and it's got a 360 degree concourse so you can sneak behind the wall talk to the person operating the the scoreboard and uh if you're extra friendly i guess uh you can actually go and uh, take a peek through the hole in the wall that they're using um but a lot of nice extras at this ballpark a lot of nice features a great children's play area center field with a big beautiful carousel um white rose bushes because york is the white rose city planted all along the berm and right field you've got cannonball charlie who sits out there in right field and whenever York hits a home run or when they win the game, 
White Sox is loud, loud cannon. And I tell you, he got me at the end of the game. York won the game, and all of a sudden you heard this boom. And the uh, the regulars there love to love to see newcomers get busted you, by the cannon. But you lived. I did. He didn't shoot it at me. Just no, well, I mean, heart, I was talking about heart attack, but yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm still here. No, this is Paul's ghost on the show. <laughs> so, and uh, a nice representation of local businesses and local craft beers at the ballpark. So, really enjoyed it. Uh, very affordable. Parking was $3. I think we paid $8 for tickets. So, can't beat that. Had a nice conversation. Mark, you said you talked to a, a team owner. I spent a good inning talking to the team president of York. So, oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it was nice. So, and he actually, ooh, I'm going to let a scoop go. He actually told me what's going on in the Atlantic League next year. Two new teams next year in the Atlantic League. One is for sure. Stan, Staten Island. Staten Island is for sure. And the second one should make me happy. Uh, Lowell. Oh, Pawtucket. Uh, the second one is not it, not for sure, but yeah, it's either going to be Lowell or Pawtucket. Okay. So Staten Island or one of those two. So you're already first on Stadium Journey. Nice. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that was York. Uh, yeah, it was rainy. It was 45 degrees, but it was still a good time. We had a, a doubleheader scheduled the next day. Afternoon game in Scranton. I have been to Scranton three times for ball games. First time we went there, first time we went there, it rained, got rained out. We were there for about 10 minutes, got rained out. Second time was the second game after they renovated the place. Temperature at first pitch was 37 degrees. And then it just got colder. Coldest baseball game I've ever been to. And then the third game was this past Saturday. We got rained out. So we stood there. We walked around the place for about an hour. Nice ballpark. I would love to see a game there in nice weather. Um, they, I don't know if you know when, when it was Lackawanda County Stadium. It looked oh, yeah. like a little slice of Veterans Stadium. That, yep. They decided to have the team go on the road for a year. Redid it. This was back about 2013. Knocked off the upper deck. Put some stuff in the outfield. You can now 360 concourse. Concourse it. They've got some social gathering areas. They got some nice different vantage points. One of these days, I hope to take advantage of it. So we didn't get to see a game there, but we did spend a good hour there talking to some good folks. So after the game got called, we headed down to Allentown and took in the Iron Pigs. And they were playing the Worcester Red Sox. So that was, was a good time, but it was still raining. They got six innings in. And then called that game on account of rain. So we got out of 18 scheduled innings, I got six that day. Uh, a lot of the concessions were closed down in Lehigh Valley. I know that's a big part of the allure there. Uh, the merchandise, as always, top notch. I know we've talked about they sell enough merchandise to kind of be considered a 31st major league team. So that was there. But uh, Pennsylvania was opening up the next day. So we still had the reduced capacity crowds. You still had the mask mandates. You still had the social distancing in effect. And you had a bunch of rain. So that also put a damper on things. So that was our Sunday. And then on the Monday, on Memorial Day, the weather cleared, which was nice. And we were up to Rentschler Field in Hartford, Connecticut for the NCAA lacrosse championship game. It was Virginia against Maryland. Fantastic game that actually went down to the wire. Maryland had a chance to tie the game. In the last seconds, uh, the goalie was able to make a save, and Virginia took home the national championship. We've talked about Rentschler Field on this show before. 
not a spectacular venue by any means and kind of surprising that the NCAA would put the championship game there considering where it's been in recent years. You know, it's at, it's at Lincoln financial field a couple of times. It's been at M and T bank stadium in Baltimore. It's been at Gillette stadium. Rachler is absolutely a step down from those venues, but still a solid and it was an affordable place. Uh, you know, we talk about like the frozen four pricing has gotten out of whack. We were able to go to the lacrosse final game for like 30, $35 a ticket. So still very affordable. And it will be back there again next year on Memorial Day. So that was my weekend, my trips. Um, I don't have any trips planned for the next couple of weeks. We're going to play it by ear. We'll probably hit a couple of college, summer college games, but we have nothing planned right now. How about you, Mark? Yeah, same with me. uh, I mean, Fort Wayne, Richmond, Indiana, uh, of course, uh, Louisville, Columbus. Playing by ear, I am trying to look at dates for the new uh, soccer facility in Cincinnati in Columbus, but I, I think we're a little bit off on that. Yeah, just playing things by ear. <laughs> Maybe it could and, be a, a daytime decision. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's funny. You said you talked to the team president about two new Atlantic League teams. Todd Miller, who's the owner of the Sliders in Springfield, he told me they're going to expand to two teams next year as well. He just couldn't tell me. Right. So you got a little more information out of your contact than I did. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Robin Roberts. Played his minor league ball in Montpelier, Vermont. That's true too. Which Robin I've up, Roberts? I've been up there as well. There's a video on uh, my YouTube page. My dad liked Robin Roberts when he was younger. That was a nice little ballpark up in Montpelier. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, so that is all the time we have for tonight. Thank you, everyone, for watching and for your ongoing support of our efforts. Uh, Dan, if our listeners would like to follow you online, where can they find you? Dan Law, 8-3. Mark, how about you? Where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, all social media platforms, Ballpark Hunter. This Thursday is the new Logue Stadium uh, video. Check that out, 12 Eastern And Dave, where can our listeners follow you on the social media universe? On Twitter at Profan9. Uh, we got some, a couple obstructed views on the way uh and uh keep your eyes open for some retro podcasts if you just can't get enough those are are going to be coming out on every other thursday but i do want to give a shout out because uh in the mail showed up my copy of accidental heroes from uh that pete mcginty wrote and i gotta tell you excellent absolutely excellent i felt like i was part of the part of the team that was that was trying to trying to save them it, it's so well written uh you know go out uh, i actually save the crew save the crew book.com you can pick it up and because this is pretty cool because um the crew recently saved their name again <laughs> you can get two books for a special price so check it out. See if the crew book.com. I say I have a He was an excellent guest. That was a great show. Check it out on our uh, on our YouTube page. So you can follow my stadium journeys at Twitter or Instagram at MuckmanRI. And don't forget to check out our website. Once again, that's stadiumjourney.com. Like, follow, share, subscribe to all of our social media channels. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram. 
Facebook? Yes. Got it. Stadium Journey. I forgot what one. <laughs> OnlyFans, uh, Twitch. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you cannot find us on OnlyFans. Sorry, guys. You can't find us on right. Patreon. No, I only fan, apologize. Only dance, though. Only dance. <laughs> you can find the Stadium Journey podcast by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network on whatever podcast app you use or on Spotify. And we simulcast live. Remember, thanks to everybody who hung out with us tonight. Every other Tuesday night at 8 Eastern at twitch.tv slash 83 We will be back in two weeks. That is June 22nd for the topic to be determined. Until then, be safe with your stadium journeys as things open back up. We'll see you on the road. Across the desert, bear man. I breathe the mountain air man. I've traveled, I've had my share man. I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere.